Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What is up, Wizards fans? Welcome to another Believe in Wizards podcast. I'm your host, Matt Moderno. Today, we've got some sort of uh, holiday-themed stuff. Again, we're going to do New Year's resolutions. I've got Osmond Bag of Bolts Forever joining me, and Oz and I are going to run through each player on the Wizards and say what their resolution should be for 2023. So it should be a fun exercise, good way to kind of just recap how people have been and have a little fun with it, too. Obviously, last night's game, the Wizards beat the 76ers 116-111, to 111, so that's cool. With the win, the Wizards are 25 and 10 in their last 35 regular season home games against Philadelphia, dating back to 2004. Wild stat. The Wizards have won uh, five of the last six games against the Sixers, and they've now won three of their last four overall. The bench was really good last night. Uh, they were they outscored Phillies 43 to 16, which I thought was awesome. And they hit 27 free throws, which is a high for the season, which is also great. So getting to the line is good. They shot a high percentage from three. Philly did not. They actually missed a lot of open looks. So whether it was just good defense or some luck factor involved there, I don't know. Beggars can't be choosers, but we're going to take it. Some bad news from the game. Unfortunately, Bradley Beal hurt his left hamstring. Uh, the one he had missed you know, a portion of the last month with was his right hamstring. So something's going on there. Uh, and you know, hopefully this isn't one that lingers as long as the first one did. They haven't talked about severity yet. Just said that he's dealing with soreness and his day-to-day for the time being. So hopefully we should get another update later today or tomorrow by the time you know, this podcast airs, you might have actually seen some tweets about it. So stay tuned. Before we get to our resolutions, just a word from our sponsor, Bet Online. Basketball is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure to use our promo code BELIEF, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. BetOnline, where the game starts. Okay, with that, let's just get to my conversation with Oz. All right, I'm pleased to be joined by Osmond Begg of Bulls Forever. Oz, how's it going, man? It's going good, man. It's going good. I'm uh, back in town, got to ca- got to watch the game yesterday, and uh, I was keeping track of what was going on where when I was gone. And um, yeah, it's good to be back, man. Sometimes you just need a mental vacation from this team alone. And honestly, you picked a good time to come back. It looks like they've decided to go on one of those stretches where they look like a competent NBA team. So uh, good timing. You know, Rui's back, so I'm back, you know? There you go. I like it. <laughs> yeah. If, if you planned all of your time away based on when Rui is away, unfortunately, a lot of vacation miss, time. You know? Yeah, you miss a lot of time. Uh, that's a perfect segue. Uh, Brian Windhorse of ESPN just sort of said on there, 
broadcast today that uh, the Wizards had offered Rui Hachimura to the Suns. I think we had heard that previously, at least from semi-reported. But it turns out that the Suns wanted Denny Avdia instead, and the Wizards said kick rocks. So I uh, just want to get your initial take on on that and the Wizards making sort of Denny untouchable, at least in this particular uh, particular you know sort of trade situation. So I could see. I, I so from I'll look at this from a couple points of views from the Phoenix angle. This I think makes sense because mm-hmm. Denny Avdia is under contract next yeah. year. Rui is similar to when Kelly Oubre was traded. Kelly Oubre was traded as a fourth uh, in, during the fourth year of his rookie contract. Yep. He was basically a rental because whatever team, you know, yeah, he was a rental at that point. They had he, to decide on him right away what they were going to do. Have, right. So at that point, the value is, you know, you, your value is really limited. This, this rookie contract window is so small. It's like once you get to year three and even year four, it just like really just shrinks the value. So Denny is like with how much he plays, you could see that they view him as an important piece of this team. But you could also see then why Phoenix would want him. They'd want him to first defense. They'd want him because he's under. They already have Cam Johnson, who's uh, who's going to require a contract mm-hmm. extension, uh, I believe, at the end of the season. He was drafted the same year as Rui, if I recall correctly. Yep. So do they really want to want to add another? Hey, pending restricted free agent, or would they rather add someone on a rookie contract who is going to be under contract next year who could help at least defensively? Now, perhaps if you ask like a Chris Paul uh, and he's like, hey, who would you like to feed it to in pick and roll? Would you like to feed it to Daniel? Would you rather feed it to Rui? His answer may be like, yeah, I'd I'd rather give it to the guy who could put the ball in the basket. Um, And I'm sure he could probably get really paid to some degree in the off season, yep. but um, it makes sense from the Phoenix angle. And it also makes sense from the wizards angle to say no, because you have no idea if Jay Crowder is going to be here beyond the next 50 games. So why would you give up a year and a half of, of control on Denny Abdia? Who's 20. Is he still 21? I think he's still 21. He'll forever be 21. He'll it's forever, like the Jason exactly. Tatum thing. He was always in like always 19 <laughs> still is somehow, but yeah. So why would you do it? But this also goes to the whole, why would you do this whole trade in general? Yeah. Even even in like if you want to do it, Rui for Crowder, just because you know you're not going to be able to resound resign yeah, Rui fine at this point, and yeah. you're gonna and you're gonna put all your eggs into the Kuzma bucket basket. Like why not? You know. Yeah. But it's still short sighted. I mean, what's Crowder is going to do a little bit more than what Rui does defensively? But Rui's giving you like when he does play, he puts up thir- four, 13, 14 off the bench a night. Mm-hmm. Is he really going to lift the team that much? I don't know. I'm with you. I was just pulling up uh, Jay Crowder's three-point percentages the last couple of years, and they're actually better than I thought. I just sort of remember like early to mid-career Jay Crowder, but in 2019-2020 with the Heat, he was, let's see, 45% on six and a half attempts per game. Uh, Two years ago in Phoenix, he was 39% on six and a half attempts per game. And last year for Phoenix, he was about 35% on five and a half attempts per game. So He's probably about the same as Rui as a shooter and willing to take more of them. He's willing to three. take more. He's going to park himself by the line and shoot more threes. So you might actually help it. your spacing more. And he is right. at least a, um, you know, mild, mild improvement defensively. I think Rui's probably got more upside because he's better laterally and more dynamic at this point. But Jay's right. a smarter, more locked in guy. And I don't know, it just seems to get team defense a lot better. So it's probably better a better floor raising defensive addition to have Crowder. Right. The thing that worries me is just you had a guy that is choosing to sit out on a playoff contender because he didn't like his role. 
And now you're going to bring him to Washington, a shit team by all, you know, by all accounts around the league and ask him to play the exact same role. I just don't really see how that works out well. And he's somehow happier here. Like if I'm him, I see this as like, oh shit, I'm going to a bum team. I've got a green light. And I don't think that that's what the wizards would have in mind for him. Now also he's really evolved more into a four the past few years, but as he's, got a little older doesn't move as well laterally mm-hmm. kuzma has been on record as saying he prefers to play the four sure so who's going to be guarding your threes going yep. forward and if you're trading for crowder you're going to play him you're already playing kuzma a lot yep. so you're also going to i think cut into some of denny's minutes who is in which is not necessarily a problem but then you take is is crowder going to be able to like is crowder at this point going to want to chase the Jason Tatum to the world around around like, as he's showcasing himself. And also that's the last part. He's, he's a free agent. So yeah. is Kuzma. So is Porzingis. You're, they're really leaning into like, <laughs> like have, have, forcing themselves to pay everybody this off season. If they were to make this trade. It just seems like you're asking for last year's locker room all over again. I, right. I don't know that like KCP was particularly an issue or whatever, but that he and Brad are buddies and Brad was willing to let them trade him maybe says that things didn't go as smoothly as they hoped. And Mm -hmm. I don't know, we saw like when Brad was out that KCP just sort of like, was like, all right, I'm going to show off my, like my, my bag here. Like I worry that we get that Jake Crowder. And to your point with everyone trying to get paid, I just don't see how that ends particularly well. So I'm like all the way out on this. I'd still rather keep Rui. I'd still rather keep Denny uh, in this situation. Like if you can make a better move, with either or both of those guys, I would do it. I just, like you said, I wouldn't do it for a guy that's at least a four slash three more than a three slash four at this point. Give me someone younger. Give me someone who's under contract a little longer. Yep. Or trade for someone else's fourth year option guy who, yeah. like, go to the Bulls, say, hey, <clears throat> we have redundancies and ab- abundance of fours. We need a guard. We'll take Kobe White. You know, let's just exchange the guys and see maybe a change of scenery helps one of them, you know? Yeah, I mean, I'd rather kick the tires on something like that than an old guy that's kind of crusty and crotchety at this point. I just that's just a weird thing to me. And and you've seen yeah. some reporting that other GMs are like, "Why? Why does Jay Crowder think he can sit out?" It's like I, this is, I, yeah. that would be a red flag to me as well. So I don't blame them. Definitely. All right. So the purpose of today's pod here is to keep with sort of the holiday season theme. We're going to do New Year's resolutions for each of the players. Uh, I've got them just sort of in. I think Jersey number order randomly. I pulled it off the team website. So this is going to be kind of a random thing rather than going like top to bottom. So uh, the first one here we're going to start with is Johnny Davis. So I'm going to give you the floor here, Oz. What do you have for Johnny Davis? So have you ever seen major league two? I have. Yes. I love the yeah, I've seen, movies. So I think his name was Tanaka. Mm-hmm. Do you remember what the whole thing with Pedro Serrano, that whole theme in major league two with, with, with uh, Serrano? Was that he became he became like a pacifist and like was very so until Tanaka I think in the playoff game started shaking that little bag of marbles in front of him you know yeah you got it so that's really if my news resolution is we just go to the game we go to a Wizards game that he's playing and we just all just get up and start shaking like a bag of marbles I dig it and (laughs) what I mean by that is when Johnny Davis was not a love prospect. But I think what everyone agreed on was that he had a dog mentality. He was going to be physical. He was going to be tough. Mm -hmm. The skill and the first step and all that was a question, but no one questioned that part of it. Right. Now, the red flag, I think, is that when he gets on the NBA floor, 
not the not the go-go floor, but when he gets on the NBA floor, he looks afraid. He looks yeah. timid. He looks passive. It's like it's very auto rookie year esque, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's like, hey man, just where's that dog that we thought we were getting from Wisconsin? So yes, my New Year's resolution for him is find your marbles. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, that is an unbelievable <laughs> analogy, and I love that. I thought you were going to do like the Serrano, like voodoo witch doctor thing, which I actually have here for another guy, basically. So um, that'll work pretty good. I just had be selfish. Like literally every time you touch the ball, hoist that shit. Like be the guy yeah. at LA Fitness that every time he touches it, no matter where he's in the court, it's going up. And if they bench you, who gives a shit? They're not playing you anyway. Right. And you have the go-go as your opportunity to get like real minutes. But I, I would just show my teammates right now that like you're not afraid of the moment. And and maybe that alone earns you some extra minutes. Because to your point, he, he has been uh, not the same player on the G League floor. And he has been up in dudes defensively and things like that. So we haven't even really seen that from him because he hasn't played enough Wizards minutes to even show off that he can defend people. So I, I would just, I would die for every loose ball. I would like foul the yeah. shit out of somebody if I have to. Like I would show them that at least I'm going to be physical and I'm not afraid to like be out here and be in the moment. Right. You don't see someone who thinks that he belongs now. And yeah. it would be frustrating if you don't get that until year two. And maybe he is the type of guy that needs a year to kind of acclimate to mm-hmm. a thing, but like that mentality shouldn't take a year. Like your skill may need a year to catch up, but diving on the floor shouldn't take a year, you know? Yeah. It's just weird. Like maybe being like an under, not, not that he was like a bad prospect, but he never like sort of, I don't think anybody thought he'd be a two and done guy coming out of high school. So maybe it's just sort of mentality, but, um, he can't be like passive and deferring to Devon Dotson. Like anytime right. they're on the court together, he like hot potatoes it back to Dotson. Like, really? <laughs> this is this is the guy you want touching the ball before you? All right. Uh, yeah, I think that's fair on Davis. All right, next one, we've got Bradley Beal. So I had two here. Um, the first one is just be like a real honest to God, like selfless leader. Like be a guy that leads by example, but holds himself accountable. And that way the rest of the team can hold each other accountable. I just, too many nights is like, we can't guard a parked car or guys didn't play defense, like all this other shit. And you just need, you need Brad to be the guy that sets the tone. You always talk about like the best teams, they have coaches that can like actually coach them hard. I don't know if anybody can actually coach Brad hard. And, And that's what they need to be able to do. Uh, for everybody else to kind of like buy in and fall online, I think. Yeah, I, I, I can't disagree. Like, I'm almost, uh, that's a good one, but I'm almost to the point where I'm just like all the way out on even pretending that he has that in him. Yeah. You know okay. what I mean? So at this point with the, you know, when you kind of mentioned this idea to me, I was like at, coming off the the second hamstring strain and he's had the thigh bruise and he's had the protocols. It's just like, so my resolution for him was, uh, my resolution for him was let's do a lot of yoga. You know, at this point, just do a lot of yoga, be on the floor. We need you on the basketball floor. He is actually playing much better offensively this year. I think he's Mm -hmm. shooting well, his shot looks clean. It looks a lot better than it was before than what we've seen the last three, four years. So my expectations for him are really, it's kind of like he's, he's, he's in his 11th season. I have no expectations for anything else from him. I expect terrible leadership. Yeah, just be um, a bucket. Yeah, and I expect him to do that corny dub thing like yeah. at the end of every win, even if they are off of like a 10-game losing streak. Um, I really don't see much personality there. Like this, It's funny like when you talk about Beal and you, like, you just look back at the wall, like return 
it was a lot of personality with wall mm-hmm. and you see people wanted to go to that Clippers game. If Beal were to ever leave, there's never going to be like, Oh, I got to go back to the Beal return game. No and there's not going to be like, uh, Oh, unless it's to heckle. city. Yeah. Unless, yeah. He will, people will go to that game to, to basically just, yeah, to heckle him. If he's on the heat, he's just going to get booed and some middle fingers. Exactly. And to like... boo him the entire time. He'll be treated like kind of like Jawan was when Jawan got traded away from here. Um, there's like nothing much else there. So just, if you're if you're here on the contract, do some yoga, get your legs worked out, be healthy. I had as my second one, invest in a foam roller and just use it every day. <laughs> like there's something going on here that the two hamstrings back to back, like I mean, maybe one took the like the load from the other, and, and that's sort of where that comes from, all sort of biomechanical chain stuff. But there's I've mentioned on the show probably multiple times. I, I am a big uh tennis fan. I play a lot on the side, but a lot of these like higher end tennis players have full-time like physio guys that follow them around. And if I'm Brad, if I have a quarter billion dollar contract, I have a guy that is full-time on staff for me that's doing this. I know that there's all these people with the team and medical staff and all this stuff, but I would have my own guy. I would, I would pull the Kobe. I would pull the MJ. Like this is Tom Brady. Like this is the dude that follows me around and like make sure I'm taken care of because it's just, there's just too much stuff for him to miss that much time. And I think with it, like, so thinking back, he had a hamstring at the end of the Westbrook season, right before the play-in, right? Yeah. yeah. I don't remember if it was hamstring I, or quad or whatever it was, but there was something. And then I believe he also, I know he had one last year as well. So this is now like a thing. And then he had like the thigh. so like the soft tissue injuries. And as you get older, you're not going to get, have less soft tissue, tissue injuries. It's just, the nature of how it works and people always cite his age always oh, still young but he has a lot of nba miles on him you yeah, know and he played he's, a lot of minutes especially for a lot, under lot of scott years. and those last few years under scott brooks he played yeah. a lot of minutes yeah. and they would always cite how many minutes he played so that's it's going to be an issue they need to figure out how to manage his body better um because if you're paying this much you cannot have a guy available only to 50 to 60 games a year yeah that's a great point too this is a guy that started his career with a lot of lower body injuries too and it was more just sort of like you know, stress fracture kind of stuff. And I don't know that that takes a toll on your body and even just compensating for those things, even if you build yourself up, so those don't happen, eventually it starts to take a toll elsewhere. So yeah. I think that's, that's a good call. Uh, the next one I have is Devon Dotson. What do you got for Dotson? For Devon Dotson. Um, I'll be honest. I've done, I like looked at everyone. I did not really have much for Devon Dotson, <laughs> but for Devon Dotson, I would just say uh new year's resolution for him would be rent. Don't buy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if he's here long term that's probably an issue yeah. i mean look i know it's you know i don't know what else to add about him i mean he when he's been on the floor he's been he shows some quickness shows, but yeah. he's not he should not be here long term <laughs> i had drink lots of milk in hopes that you eventually grow big and strong because well, he could do the about- gq thing you saw the gq thing about people lengthening their legs oh jesus like, yeah oh, there you yeah, go so which is like uh, you know, shout out to anyone who saw Gattaca back like 20 yeah. years ago, yeah. you know, like the whole, apparently that's come to reality and people are breaking their le- le- legs on purpose <sighs> to get taller. So maybe, maybe that's what, okay, maybe I'll change mine. That's what Devon Dawson will do. We should start a GoFundMe so that he could have his legs like, you know, lengthen like that. And he could come back six, three next season. And like the inversion chair where you just hang upside down and hope that you stretch yep. out over time. It just <laughs> being six feet tall, which is a generous listing, having been semi near him uh, with no range is not a recipe for long-term success. No. 
All right. Uh, next one I've got here is Will Barton. And I just have do some honest self-reflection. Like ask yourself, is, is the way I'm playing actually helping my team win basketball games? And if not, just retire, take up pickleball, get fully invested <laughs> and just leave the NBA behind completely. I mean, yeah, I can't, he's been such a disappointment this year. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I thought at worst he would be able to give them like a consistent 12 to 13 and like Jordan McRae, sem- right? Like that, that something he's semi-efficient, like that. but I yeah. cringe every time he's on the floor. Now mm-hmm. it was refreshing to see that he was not in the rotation yesterday with them healthy. What I'm curious today, what today will be when they play the Phoenix is, is are they going to put him back in the rotation or are they going to put Goodwin back in the rotation? If it was a meritocracy, Goodwin would take those minutes, Agreed. but we like, who knows how this will work with Wes, Wes on juniors, relationship and what have you um yeah my resolution for will barton would be to uh would be to start looking at start looking at a map and picking a new uh, picking a new team to uh, what city would he like to spend your twilight years of your career yes more warm yes not please not not here anywhere but here Sometimes like homecomings are not good for players. Like there's too no. much baggage for them. Not that he's from Baltimore and Baltimore and DC. You're not the same thing before everybody yells at me. I understand that, but it's the closest NBA city. You're driving distance from friends and family and America quotes and friends and family. Cause sometimes for these guys, there's, there's just a lot there. And it's a lot of people that, that want stuff from you and there's demands on your time and money and, and all that kind of stuff. So it, it can be a distraction and it might just yeah. be better to get him sort of a change of scenery at this point yeah it's like because that the the decline like i didn't think he was as good as people had made him out to be but i don't think this decline is also indicative of what should have been expected right yep for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Makes sense. Uh, next one I got, Chris Tapps, Porzingis. What do you got for Porzingis? For Porzingis? Uh, it's like, you know, just for him, the New Year's resolution is stay in your hyper hyperbaric chamber you know (laughs) if you don't like just just he has been relatively healthy this year um i I don't think he had played more than 60 games in the last six seasons Mm -hmm. and he has been available for a good he's missed some time but very few like a game here a game there and it's been that's as good as they could have expected so whatever he is doing if he is zipping himself up and sleeping in a hyperbaric chamber and a very long one every evening keep that up because Without him on the floor, they don't really have a chance. I mean, they don't really have a chance anyways, but like they need him on the <laughs> even floor. Even less of a chance, yeah. But they, yeah, even less of a chance, yes. For any of the Star Wars nerds out there, they need like the Bacta tank that they put Darth Vader in every night. Like it needs to be a level beyond uh, a hyperbaric chamber. Like we, we've got to protect this man at all costs. Uh, yeah. I have learned one actual post move. Just like every day, sit around and master a jump hook. I, playing him yeah. with Gafford, I know they've moved him almost exclusively out to the perimeter. Like almost all he did was shoot long jumpers last night, which I, I get it next to Gafford. You have to be, your floor spacing is so much more important. And I actually think he plays better like that because it's, it sort of simplifies things for him, but you can't be that big and not have like literal one post move. 
his post move right now is really that just kind of sweep through where he gets yeah. to the foul line. And he remarkably does get fouled sure. every time, pretty much every time he does yeah. it. Um, and I, you don't, you wonder how teams like haven't adjusted to not fouling him, but I guess, you know, how often do you face like a seven, three guy who's like sweeping through yeah. and you're just tempted to like swipe at the ball. So it's remarkable that he does that, but yeah. And one post move would be nice. I could, I, and even the whole Gafford, Porzingis dynamic. It makes sense, I think, to a degree because you saw Porzingis was beginning to wear down. Yeah. So it's like having someone there to take a few minutes off of him, off of him guarding Embiid, for example, and keeping him out of foul trouble. It definitely makes some sense, and it's probably good for Gafford's confidence to get back on the floor and look like he look more like the player that they invested in. Life is simpler for both those guys, and that's the thing yeah. I sort of downplayed. I, I didn't like that idea. I've been very upfront about. I thought a really good team with a dynamic guard would pick the two bigs apart because it's two guys you can hunt and pick and roll instead of one now. And they both are better in drop coverage. Like, but it's worked. If it's not broken, yeah. don't fix it. Stay with them. Uh, but yeah, that that's where I'm out on Porzingis. And and on the sweep through thing, it's the same thing with Embiid. How do people still fall for the Embiid pump fake? It's the most right. like cartoonish, exaggerated thing of all time. And inevitably three times a game. Someone it like just works. Him. Right. <laughs> uh, all right. Jordan Goodwin. I've got stay grounded and stay hungry. Don't get sucked in by the same complacency that seems to affect literally everyone else when they get uh, to the Wizards. That's a good one. Uh, that's kind of, Yeah, that's exactly what he needs to do. He is doing everything the right way. And if he does not get impatient as maybe some like he shouldn't be out of the rotation now, in my opinion, um, he's earned minutes. But don't get your ego to the point where you th- you think you're entitled. Yeah. Like know where you came from. Know that there is a path to you becoming a, p- a permanent part of this rotation and this team, and just stay on that course. So yeah, my resolution for him kind of similar. Stay humble. He's doing everything the right way. He's playing the right way. I would love to see him and Delon Wright together on the second unit. Let's have it. You know how yeah. you know how like disrupting they would be defensively. That'd be awesome. But like. Because we do things the way we do things. It's like, hey, why not? Instead of like making something a strength, let's just only put DeLon out there. It's like, yeah. no, put them both. You saw what DeLon did yesterday. It's like, imagine with both of them out there. It would yeah. just be that much better. And you actually saw that they needed another ball handler in the second unit. So it's like, it'll come in time. It'll come in time. He just has to stay humble and stay patient. I've gone back and forth with this with some folks on Twitter and stuff like that about whether or not they're just trying to like limit his games due to this like 50 game maximum limit on the two-way contract and like that's that makes sense it's a plausible explanation but also if you're the wizards and you're probably going to be moving people at the deadline anyway like i wouldn't be weakening my like on-court performance by benching a guy that's been by all accounts like your fifth or sixth best player at least just because i'm worried about him hitting 50 games too soon he's at like 26 it's not like we're at 41 already and like we've got to be concerned it's i don't think it was because he was still active yesterday so i think that counts i I think it's only if you play a minute only if you play a minute yeah so like you can be there as like a break in case of emergency and not (coughs) your total and this has also changed over the length of the two-way initially it was 45 days period right with the big club but i think now it is played in but i Again, how they interpret played, I don't, you know. I I don't, I think he's out of the rotation more so because Wes had 10 people that he identified so as 
And he was not going to take like a Corey Kispert out of the rotation for Jordan Goodwin. And he was going to give Delon and Monte and Beal all the minutes that they needed. I think what it is, is, but, and I think this will all sort itself off. There's a lot out out. there's always kind of a lot of impatience. Every time Goodwin has a good game, it's like Mm -hmm. sign him now. Okay. They can't sign him now. There are three. This is kind of a quick thing. Like, you know, and, and look, I was, I think people just need to pay attention to how some of these structured things like, they are $300,000 under the luxury tax and they have a full roster. Yeah. If you say we're to just cut Vernon Carey, you're still, still 300,000. Yeah. You still He's pay guaranteed. for yeah. So you only have that $300,000 to give him. So really this is something that's going to sort itself out after the trade deadline. Yep. Once they make a two for one trade or a three for two trade or, or release someone at that point, they will, I fully expect them to convert him and give him a standard NBA contract. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's, Great, but there's plenty of time left to play into those 50 games. So if, exactly, if he, if he really you think he should be a part of your rotation, which he clearly should be, he should be. Uh, then then just don't let that get in your way. You can figure right. the rest out if you're a competent GM. Yeah, uh, like Dotson, I wouldn't be you know worried about like his games played or whatever. Like no. the good one is like an active <laughs> member of your rotation and and like a. And I would different. not send him back to the go go at all. There's Never. no reason for him. And Never. like it would be counterproductive for him to be playing go-go minutes Agreed. and it would just be a waste of his time risking injury. It would be a waste of the players who are on the go-go. They need that experience to not send him back. hundred percent agree. Uh, Rui Hachimura. This is the one where I, I sort of channeled your Pedro, a Pedro Serrano comment there of just like <laughs> dude needs to see like a shaman or a witch doctor or something to ward off like all of the bad luck he seems to have. Like yeah. who's had just weirder injuries. I know I've mentioned this on the show before, but it, it just sort of like boggles my mind that all these are real things. Like you have a teammate kick one of your nuts and yeah. it's like, I don't know. You have to have some work done there that causes you to miss some months. You have pink eye. Like when was the last time you heard a grown man in the NBA miss games with pink eye? Like, yeah. And now the turn he's ankle like three or four actually a bone bruise. <laughs> yeah. He's at the bone bruise. And he obviously last year with the missed time, it's like every time he has momentum, yeah. something happens. You snake know, bit. he's snake bit. Like that's literally what it is. The ironic thing about it is when he was drafted, Tommy Shepard talked about the medicals and how he did not have that many miles on him because he started the game late and because of just his prior. He he wasn't like an AAU type player who had been playing since you know he had started playing when he's fourteen. So the mile and you don't like and that's the thing. You, none of these are like knee injuries or like uh, like there's no like damage like they're like long-term type thing these are all just weird things that have interfered with their evaluation of him during year four year window to evaluate a rookie i mean denny avdia who missed the majority of i think that was the second season is almost caught up to him in terms of minutes played in his career because rui's been out for so long you know yeah, he, yeah he's missed a lot of time and it's, it's yeah. always for bizarre stuff it almost would be better if it was like oh he missed 50 games one year with a torn acl or something like 15 20 games every year for some weird bullshit it's just it's it's amazing honestly so my resol- my resolution for him would be channel your inner coups mm-hmm. so yeah. i think there's a lot of similarities in terms of where like in, in terms of the player i think in terms of what they could be the difference with uh, with kyle kuzma is he has given himself oh I, I, i'll take that back he has recognized the green light and he has taken advantage of it Rui does shoot when he gets on the floor. I mean, he knows his role is to score when he's out there, but there are still times where he does not channel that full green light where he's like, 
where he gets tentative. And you, <clears throat> you'd wonder where would he be if he ever had like a Kuzma type attack mentality. And I, I probably think they'd be very similar type players. I think he could probably be like a 20 and eight, 20 and seven type guy. If he had Kyle's motor. I don't think he has like the ball handling to do that and like get to his spots enough to be able to even do some of the stuff that Kuzma attempts to do or, or yeah. the passing, but like from just a pure, like offensive gunner perspective, I, I definitely think there's, there's more there. And honestly, the shot is probably better at a younger age than it was for, for Kuzma. All of those actually not that big of an age gap between the two, but I, I'm with you. I think there's, there's more he could do. I tweeted out last night, like has Rui passed one time tonight? And some <laughs> people commented like, Oh, well he shouldn't, he should shoot every time. I'm not saying he shouldn't yeah. shoot the ball a lot. I, I'm just, I just thought it was funny that a guy could make it through an entire NBA game and never once pass <laughs> to a teammate. And, and a few people funny. said they remember one or two. So I mean, maybe it did happen. But. It's funny. He'll go from like four assists one day to like three games of, of zero assists. Yeah. <clears throat> but like, I think they have a specific role for him. He's playing that role. It's all good. I think if he were to do the other things a little better, he'd stay on the floor later in the fourth quarter Agreed. versus coming out. Yeah. But to kind of like simplify like his resolution, channeling your inner coups, maybe with the way they do that, get a work hypnotherapist, you know, and like just hypnotize him. Just be like, you are Kyle Kuzma. And let's just see what happens. I think he'd be better if he had played AAU basketball and like been the yeah. man at, at some point in his like, you know, upbringing or whatever. I mean, maybe yeah. he was as like a youth in Japan or whatever, but like here, even on his college team, he wasn't really the guy. And and yeah. it would be nice to see him just sort of have that from, from time to time. Well, the funny thing is you look back also at his college highlights and he was so like demonstrative and outwardly mm-hmm. emotional. You and you don't see that as often. And it's like, yeah. where did that go? Yep. Uh, Denny Avdia, the next one. I have spend one hour each day doing the mic and drill. Just <laughs> one layup on each side of the basket, just over and over and over again, straight through for one full hour. I mean, yeah, it can't hurt. You saw that yesterday. Like he made a great defensive play to seal the game. It was awesome. Absolutely <laughs> awesome. The re- one of the reasons the Wizards could not generate a good shot attempt, however, the last three minutes, especially after Brad got hurt, was because Denny is a self-check. And they were basically guarding only four players on the Wizards to end the game. Uh, He had five points early in the game. He didn't score the rest of the game. I think he had three rebounds, no assists. So everyone talks playmaker. Everyone talks this. He had five points, three rebounds. That's it. Nothing else. Um, But he made a big defensive play and will be on the floor because of his ability to make those defensive plays. Mm -hmm. Uh, For me with him, it's like I'm just so sick and tired of him seeing talk to the referees. So my resolution for him is stop talking. Just play, you know, I'm tired of like, he is young. I think there's definitely some immaturity there. Definitely with how he interacts with referees. Like there was a play yesterday where he shouldered Embiid, but he had stayed still. But if you're not completely in front of a player and you hit him with the shoulder, even if you're still, that's a foul. Every time. And he like, yeah, it's a foul every time. And that's a, it's a, it's a real foul, but he, um, he just always, tries to play the referee game and he keeps losing that game. And then even like, even like, like there are times where he's like talking on the, like, you know, when he doesn't get the ball in a spot where he thinks he should get it. It's like be 20, be humble, be like, stop talking, play basketball, improve and like continue to improve and then be more demonstrative as you become a vet. We haven't seen it work out particularly well for Beal, you know, complaining to the referees every time he drives the basket, doesn't get a foul call. So just, just play through it. I, I, 
and got to acknowledge the defense. It was really good last night, like really yeah. good. And it was funny. I, I tweeted in our group chat, like, ah, Denny's on ball defense, really good off ball defense, a little sketchy here tonight. Cause there were a couple of times like Harden beat the man and Denny was the closest guy on, on the strong side and like, didn't actually rotate over at all. Right. Like, okay. All right. But, but that could also be scheme or philosophy. And they were just saying like, you know, Harden and Embiid will get theirs. We're not going to let anyone else beat us. So I, I don't want to throw him under the bus there, but like, then he made a really good sort of team defensive play to, to basically seal the game there too. And, right. and shout out to Gafford for making an even an equally good defensive play, the, the possession right before that of stopping Embiid, but not fouling. So mm-hmm. great for both of those guys. Uh, all right. Next one, Vernon Carey Jr. What do you got? Vernon Carey Jr. Um, keep shooting, you know, <laughs> He's he's really if anyone's paying attention to the go go he's he's basically shooting it every time he gets it he's a machine yeah <clears throat> yeah he's a machine he just keeps putting the ball in the basket at some point someone will notice and be like hey let's just give this guy a shot because why not so just keep going about it you know he's really turned it I don't th- what the player I saw at Duke was more of like a plotter kind yeah. of a big guy push people around he's a like lot a, he's a lot trimmer more mobile. Right, like an Oakford type is what I recall mm-hmm. a Duke. Now yeah. he's definitely lighter, more mobile. That he extended his range. I still don't think there's much there in terms of an NBA player. Agreed. But you keep putting up points that efficiently, someone's going to give you a look at some point. It's not probably not going to be here, but it's going to happen somewhere. Yeah, I went a little different on this one. I have research your league teams next year with a beach. So uh, <laughs> at least as a guy who puts up big numbers in the G League and has spent some time in the NBA, you're going to have your pick of like your league teams next year. So uh, if I'm him, I'd at least find somewhere nice to be. You know, that's not that's not a bad option. Get to, you know, and you respect guys who want to just like make it in the NBA, but it's also like just take the, take the extra money, go live on a nice... I don't know if it'd be extra money for him, to be honest. He, he's still oh. making like, you know, for like draft pick money, I guess. So, okay. um, but, but I'm, I'm with you at some point I'd want to actually play basketball. So at least he's getting right. some go-go minutes. So maybe yeah. that's okay for the timing. Uh, Isaiah Todd. Isaiah Todd. Um, for him, what I've seen. Oh yeah. So for him, it's got, it's get selfish. Mm-hmm. Kind of like what uh, you said. I think you said that about Johnny Davis. Yeah. Every time I watch a go-go game, Todd is still not even really that you don't, you almost don't notice him because he's not getting the ball there. Yeah. And it's like, you're 6'10", you're athletic, you could shoot. Um, if your teammates or the coaches or whatever have decided that they're just not going to prioritize you, prioritize yourself, you know? Like, you should not be the fourth option on the go-go. You need to really just, uh, and it organizationally makes no sense in terms of his development that he is like that low of an option on that team. So just get selfish, go get the ball, you show your six ten. go like get three steals, block a few shots, just be there, you know? Yep. I'm with you. I actually have mutiny. Check yourself into the game. Next time Wes on yeah. calls Anthony Gill's name, just cuck him just straight up. Just, <laughs> you know what? I'm going in. Fuck it. You know what? Yeah. I'm going to get us a technical if I have to, but I, I'm, I'm putting myself in the game here because you, know it, what? you, you got a guaranteed contract. If you get cut, you get cut. <laughs> it's what it's exactly what you just said about him on the go-go is I think he can play the role he plays for them on an NBA team right now. He's a big switchable mobile dude. And that's what they think Gil is, except he's slow and he yeah, won't shoot it. If Todd is open, the dude will shoot it. I mean, he's not going to go hunt shots, but 
Like he's not afraid to hoist up a three and, and sometimes he, he takes a bad one. So it is for him. It's still about like flow of the game and, and when right. to take the right shot. But you know, he, he's not going to be shy about like taking a wide open shot. And I have more confidence in him making it than I have Gil making it at this point. Right. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Gill, perfect segue. What do you got? Anthony Gill continue being, continue being the what do you call himself something of like the love something or whatever love doctor or whatever mm-hmm. he is like this great teammate or good vibes, check. good vibes, good vibes yeah. guy. You know what? Like I hate Anthony Gill, the player. I'm not even going to lie. Yeah. When he checks in, I cringe. Um, but like something about it, like you see every time someone checks out, he goes, leaves the bench. Yeah. You're like, it's like, you know what? If I was his teammate, I'd probably love the guy, you know, mm-hmm. like he's like always supportive and like, it's got him, it's gotten him a role. So just continue doing that. You'll be in the NBA for a few years. A few years, you'll get your pension. You'll get your benefits. Do what you got to do. You know. I have oh, one other thing. Sure. I think you did lose a little too much weight. Put some muscle back on. You Dang know, you're not more. a three. You're yeah. not a three. Go play the four or five again. You know. Yeah, I'm with you. I have start planning, preparing for your coaching career. Like, just put the jersey away in favor of a clipboard and a whistle, and just right. make that transition because the guy will be an NBA coach somewhere at some yeah. point down the line when he's the coach of the Minnesota Timberwolves in 2040. Uh, and they're like in the Western Conference final. I won't be surprised, but we, we just don't need more minutes from Gil. Right. He has that temperament where you can see that he'll be patient and he's not going to, you know, it'd be a great developmental guy to work with like some of your younger yep. brothers. Yep. Agreed. Uh, Daniel Gafford, I just have whatever you've been doing the last month, just make that your routine. Just do that every day. <laughs> like, because he's been a lot better this month. So I, yeah. I just want to see this version of Gafford for forever. Yeah, he started the season pretty poorly. I mean, I, I wouldn't say poorly, but it's just relative. He looks kind of lost, right? Like, yeah, I mean, he just... looked lost. And if you're the same player as a young player, people lose interest in you quickly. Yeah. If you don't show any growth, so he's finally getting back to being active. I like that he came back in the game yesterday, and he did not with five fouls. He didn't foul out. Yeah, and he was he, able he... to stay. I think my resolution for him, however, is one hour a day on your solo flex. You know. Mm-hmm. Like, like you gotta, you gotta, a little you gotta stronger. Weights. Yeah. You gotta get a little stronger. It was kind of funny watching literally every time Embiid would plow into him, he would kind of keel over, <laughs> hold something, take 30 seconds. Then, then the next play would start again. It's like, it's like, you know, you're taking those body blows. You can't show it all the time. You got to just like absorb it, kind of hang in there. He's like showing it. So maybe get on the solo flex, do a little weight, do, do some more weights. And then like, you can hang in there. And then look, if you need to go take an ice bath after the game, go do it. Gibson's minutes have actually been better than I kind of thought they would be. I thought he did some nice things for them last night when, when Gafford came out, but he's still like for my third big, if he's a change of pace, old guy, I'd rather have just someone bigger. Like I kind of miss Robin Lopez just from like a, he has at least the size to be more of a deterrent to Embiid. Whereas a Gafford and Gibson are kind of the same size. So it doesn't, not really a change of pace at all at that point. Not a change of pace at all. Um, Gibson, even though he's worked a little bit on his three-point shot, hasn't really... Nope. No. So, like, Lopez was so efficient inside and was such just a big body that he changed things. And I, I remember seeing him saying back then, like, if we could get him and he could give you 15 minutes a game when needed, sure. he's fine in that role. He could teach guys how to jump hook and he could teach guys how to box out. That'd be two uh-huh. great things because... I don't know. Gortat didn't teach them either of those things. So uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe he could teach how to set a screen and not get fouled in the modern NBA. Uh, Monte Morris have just be more like Ishmith, just channel your Ishmith. When you come in, yeah. push the pace a little bit more, 
and also ask to come off the bench. I think Monday would be so much better coming off the bench. And that was Ish's thing. He did not want to start games. He liked to come out after the game had started. And I think that would be better for Morris too. So just channel your inner Ish. That's all. Mine for him is, um, what's the game? Lava? The Where you have to pretend the ground is lava? Yeah. You know? Stop playing that game. He pretends that the paint, that the paint, that the... Yeah, he's afraid to, afraid to he's drive. He's afraid that there's lava around the rim. It's really anywhere inside the three-point line, it feels like. Yes. He is playing the game that as like there's lava everywhere inside the three-point line, and he has to stop playing that game. Yep. Um, there was a play yesterday to end the shot clock where uh, Chris Miller had said, I don't know if you were watching the telecast. Well, you were at the game, right? No, I, I was oh, watching. Right. Oh. Yeah. Where I don't know if you remember this when he said, uh, oh, Monte's in his bag as he was isoing someone at the end of the shot clock. And he Ended couldn't even beat like, anyone off the dribble. <laughs> he couldn't beat anyone off the dribble, got the shot blocks. Um, and it was like, really, he was in his bag? Okay. So, yeah, he's just got to, he's got to, he's got to just be willing to probe. So what I liked about Ish Smith, like you said, that's a good example. Ish would probe the paint. Sometimes he'd over dribble. A lot of times he'd over dribble. A lot of times he'd over dribble and he couldn't shoot it, but yeah, he couldn't shoot it, but he Monte would drive. could be better, better, more efficient ish. And this was actually something I said that wall needed to do that ish did that a lesson that he can learn. And still like watching wall and the, like wall for all his speed would never probe. Yeah. He would kind of hang at the three point line. He'd drive harder than dish. Ish was always just guy going in and out, in and out of the paint, making like kind of like doing circles. Like almost, the old like Steve Nash backs. move, you know, where like you yeah. totally And probe. that action created cuts, like took eyes, the defender's eyes were on him as a result. Yeah. Monte needs to do the same thing because he's not creating any activity or any easy opportunities. So he needs to kind of follow that model. He needs to get into the paint because that's what a point guard's job is to do. And I know somebody, there, like somehow there's a hive for every player on the team. So somebody will come out right now and say that like, no, no, Monte is so great. He gets seven assists a game and doesn't turn it over. He does, but we've, we've seen this for other NBA players too. What gets counted as an assist right now is kind of insane. If you throw yeah. it to Brad and he dribbles 11 times and then shoots a step back and it goes in, you get an assist. So Monte is great about protecting the ball. I appreciate that about him. I wish he was a little more reckless, honestly. Yeah. Like if you notched up the pace, um, maybe that'd be a few more turnovers, but it'd also put a little more pressure on the defense. So definitely. Uh Corey Kispert. What do you got for Kispert? Corey Kispert, you know, like at the auto dealerships, they have those like big things with like the arms that wave around. Yep. You know, I, I don't know what the actual name is. No one knows what they're his, actually called, but his his resolution is to buy as many of those as possible, <laughs> shoot, put them over them. In, shoot, shoot over them, <laughs> put them at the three point line at his yeah. home or whatever, yeah. whatever gym he works out at and shoot over them. You saw it yesterday. It's kind of a thing that, that when people were going a little crazy about like, Hey, Corey's on fire. He's so amazing. Yada, yada, yada. Uh, I was like, well, the volume was low and the volume seems low because he doesn't take anything that's not open. He took one yesterday. I don't think he really noticed that the player was trailing behind. Him, line. Yeah. And he got fouled. Yeah. And he got fouled as a result. But then there was another play where he was open. I think he, he probably had four to five feet on Montres Harrell. But because he's shooting from his belly button and he's shooting a line drive from his belly, like his navel, like, you know, Montres Hill basically like swatted it without leaving the ground. And it resulted in like a uh, an N1 for Harden. And there was no reason for that shot to get blocked except for the fact that his release is absurdly low and he is shooting a line drive on top of a low release. So it's like only the wizards would draft a shooting specialist 
who shoots that low and can't have volume because he shoots that low. I'm with Anyways, you. That's my that's my Corey rants. Buy those I, things. I have arc. I just have arc as the same thing. Like practice yeah. your moon ball or something. Uh, you remember the old version of the gun, like the shooting machine that had the net that you had to shoot really highly over. Like that oh, was. Oh, like the little rim around the like the cylinder around the net. Yeah, like the, yeah. the big the bigger lid to kind of shoot over. That would be good for him. Yeah, he needs it. All yeah. right, uh, let's rapid fire through the last couple of these here. Uh, for Kyle Kuzma, I have. Get the staff to cut you a tape of what are good shots and what are bad shots and just do the good shots more. Sometimes you have to take bad shots. I get it. Somebody on the team has to sacrifice percentage. Mm -hmm. Just sometimes getting it on the rim is, is, is better, but just, but you know, just a little bit better shot selection would be good. And the turnovers be just a little more judicious. Yeah. You saw yesterday, like they were playing well, but he wanted to be involved. So he kept forcing the issue and kept turning it over. Can't it's like, kind of, me. it's yeah. like recognize the kind of game it is. So like, I'm look, I, I like, so I've suggested that the team should trade Kuzma to be sure. fully transparent. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, I appreciate how hard he's worked and the mentality that he's taken. And I don't blame him at all for taking this. You know what? There's no one else here. I'm going to put like, you know, balls to the walls. I'm going to, I'm going to like foot on the gas. I'm going to just showcase play basketball the way I want to play basketball and like let the chips fall where they fall in free agency. You know, I appreciate that. Like he's he's playing the game. He's seen like other guys take the same approach. They get paid. Why not do the same thing? But like game like yesterday, recognize the right thing. No hero shots. Like those couple shots he took at the end of the game when they were trying yeah, to like just hold on to the lead were awful shots. Yep. You, you're 6'10". You could get a better shot off than that. So yeah, be more judicious. Just like tap the brakes a little bit. Yeah, Not a lot. Just that. So that's my resolution for him. Be more judicious with the with like the green light. You said play bigger and on offense, and I think he does that defensively. Like the rebounding has been really good. He's had yeah. five plus rebounds in thirty of thirty four games this season, and yeah. in all in eleven of the last twelve, and in six straight. Like, and most of those times he's closer to eight or nine. Like that's mm-hmm. that's been great. So so be that guy on offense too. Yeah. Uh, okay. Was that that same thing for, for Kuzma? Like, for you? Oh, oh, no, no. I was kind of agreeing with you, but I, I was actually going to go a little more, a little more simplistic. Like he seems to be when he is turning it over, he's like almost sliding. You can see like he's getting, when he's driving, he is getting very close to like traveling a lot because yep. he like takes that little skip where he slides. Or he, he had a bank shot balance. last night where he definitely traveled. Like he dragged he traveled last night and he's done it a few more times. So I was going to just say, like, you know, resolution very much, stay on your feet. Like, you know, like, again, you're 6'10". Um, someone said something to me, like, when, like, uh, like at one time, when you're tall, you need to play small, like, and not in, like, a play small, play explosive, play closer to the ground. Yeah. He is playing taller, which is, like, like make, lose, losing some of his power going to the room. I think he needs to play more, more compact, more powerful, and then that'll kind of get rid of some of that stuff. When he's dribbling high, when he's just running down the floor, dribbling high into two people, he is like, you see the turnover coming a mile away. Yep. Totally agree. Uh, DeLon Wright, I have stretch. Just to keep the hamstring <laughs> loose. Like we can't afford to lose him anymore. Like he has to stay healthy. Uh, he's had three steals in, uh, and, and now had multiple steals in five of six games this this year like he he is actually a defensive nightmare for other guards i think so yeah. they, they need that from him somebody to put pressure on guards 
Uh, mine for him is when his contract's up in a year and a half, ask for a Supermax. <laughs> because apparently he is the key to this roster. He is the most important uh, player on the Wizards team. So He plays, they win. It's just that simple. He plays, they win. So why shouldn't he have the Supermax instead? <laughs> I, I dig that so much. Uh, Taj Gibson, I have story time in the locker room every day. I would share every single anecdote from the 2010-2011 Bulls team that went 62-20. and 20. I would tell Brad stories about what D. Rose did to kind of lead by example. I would tell Denny about Luol Deng, about how a guy, you know, balanced defense and offense. I would tell Rui about James Johnson as a guy who was just <laughs> tougher and more physical. I would tell Kispert about Corver having just like the ultimate green light. I would tell Gafford about Noah. KP, I didn't mm-hmm. really have a comp. Maybe Carlos Boozer. I don't know. He's already better than Boozer, so maybe not. But it, you get my point on that one. Yeah. It just... just like that's what he should be doing. It's like knowledge transfer. Hey, this is yeah. what good what, what works on good teams. Like his playing is just an added bonus at this point, I think. Yeah, mine for him is become him and Anthony McGill become one player. Because it's like, like <laughs> do we need so, two of that guy? Yeah. Do we need two of the guy? Like, can we figure out a way? So the resolution for yes, Taj is figure out a way to become one with Anthony Gill. Like, I love that. We don't need we don't need two roster spots for this like veteran mentor, you know? Yeah. Um, no, I agree. You should be able to do it with one guy. <laughs> like all the years that like 40 year old Vince Carter was still on a roster to do that. Like we could just get one of those guys that was like a yeah. former all-star to stick around. Yeah. Uh, and one thing like just uh, also just one other thing I want to throw out with him. It's like, I know like he's always done it and I'm sure there's an injury. That's the reason why I've always hated that whole white, like t-shirt underneath uh-huh. thing that he yeah. does. You look old you and know? athletic. Yeah. You look, yeah, it's so throwback. Like just kind of like you're gonna still play into the 2020s, what whatever year we're in. Like just just you know, move along with fashion, like get rid of that, you know, at least Agreed. make it the same color as the jersey you're wearing. Something, yeah. you know, add like an arm sleeve to it, something <laughs> like you know, get a so okay. I'm changing my resolution for him. Get a fashion consultant. That would be good. Everyone else on the team could probably do it for you at this point. They yeah. all have stylists. Kuz, so. Yeah. Tell me Kuz can't help him out. <laughs> There's probably like pink sleeves he could get somewhere, like oversized exactly. pink t-shirt underneath. Exactly. Don't look like you're like you're you really literally been like transported like or from the 1980s. Yeah. For Wes Unsell Jr., I have stick to your guns with what you've done with the lineup in the last couple of games. Like big has seemed to work go with mm-hmm. that. Like, don't be bullied into like changing it up or adjusting to other teams. Like do what you want to do, make teams adjust to you. Be like, you know what? Hey, I benched Will Barton. I'm going to stick to that. I'm going to stay with my decision and just, Hey, roll with it. Yeah. So mine with West Sunset Jr. Is it's a little, <laughs> okay. So another throwback movie. Have you seen dangerous minds? I have not. You never saw Dangerous Minds. Okay, so I will add it to my Sh- list, though. I've got some Sh- downtime. Piper tries to come to the school and like kind of like show that she has personality by wearing like a leather jacket and everyone okay. makes fun of her, you know? So it's like Wes Unsold, who I think we all said like had no personality last year, then comes with this ridiculous defensive belt, you know? The belt, and, like, baby. That, and the belt is just so embarrassing because they go so long without wins that like it just collects dust. It's like, you know, just be authentic. The personality will come out. Just be like when you hear him talk, it's so like I have no idea how the players feel, but like when I hear him get interviewed on 1067 or whatever at post games, it's always about like, 
he talks about synergy. And it's like, anytime I've heard like leadership at any organization I've worked for anywhere, talk about, Hey, we, you know, synergy is great. It's like, that doesn't motivate people tune out immediately. (laughs) People do not like, Oh yes, let's get synergized. You know, let's get all fired up. That's not like be become more like have, I don't, it's like, I don't know how like best to describe this, but like, just, and maybe if that is him, that is him. Yeah. Find your style, right? Like find a style that connects with the players. I don't think he's fine that I found that I think he's trying a little too hard with the whole defensive title belt, but then also then he goes to his, his note cards and synergy. It just, I don't see it yet. Um, and he needs to figure out a way to connect with the players and like really motivate them. Cause I like these teams that he've had, he's had have been as talented as like those late Scott Brooks teams post wall. If you think about it, Scott Brooks had, Isaac Banga, Oisak Banga, Jabari Parker. They overachieved. Relative to what he has now, those teams have overachieved. And they never, every time you thought they were going to fall off the rails, they did. This Wizards team in December did fall off the rails. They lost, what, 13 or 14. That is unacceptable. Even with Beal out, figure out a way to motivate your players to not give up. Like individually, they overachieved. I mean, Robin Lopez had a little resurgence there. Neto had his best year ever under Brooks. Bonga is not even an NBA player now under different coaching, which also yeah. says a lot about the roster. But still, like, yeah. I'm with you. I I, I don't want to like steal anybody's thunder here because this is not my intel or whatever. But if anyone's planning to write about this, but I'm not in the know. But I talked to enough people who are in the know, and I think there has been some questions, at least from day one, about whether or not. Uh, Wes Unseld can connect with people from like a leadership perspective, really good at the like behind closed doors, one-on-one, Hey, let's talk it out. You know, you're having an issue with the head coach. Like he does assistant stuff really well. Does he have the temperament to be like a leader of men? I don't know. It seems like there's some, some stuff there, maybe some baggage, particularly between he and Denny doesn't seem like they're exactly on the same page from, from what I've heard anecdotally. So uh, yeah, he's got to find a way to like reach each of these people. And and to your point, you might have to find di- like multiple styles because not everybody can be coached the same way. So you're gonna have yeah. to reach different guys differently. Uh, all right. Last one here, Tommy Shepard. I just have to do some soul searching, pick a lane. If you trade Kuzma, you probably lose the rest of this year because you're not going to get equal value in terms of on-court production probably, but that's okay. If that's the, the path you choose to go down. If you don't want to lose him and you want to try to win games, well, then you don't, you'll probably lose him at the end of the year and have no assets. But if you're going all in for this year, okay, then if you're going to do it, just then F it, just do it. So yeah, I don't know. Uh, what do you have for Tommy? For Tommy, I have like, um, yeah, like be, be real with yourself. Like when he first took the job, there's a quote that he said that I always kind of go back to. And he said the goal, and I'm, I'm, I don't have it in front of me right now. I apologize. I should have pulled it up. But it was basically, in essence, being the eighth seed is never the goal. Yeah. That is not our organizational goal. Yep. And he was clear when he took the job. That was his. That was clearly said up front. Being the eighth seed is not the goal. Well, it's not because now being the playing team is the goal. <laughs> the ten seed is being not the goal. Seed is the goal. <laughs> right. So he was being honest, I guess, in that regard. No, but like it's he is he's really become Grunfeld in front of our eyes in terms of the goal is just to make the playoffs or figure out a way to make the playoffs and job preservation. So he is not who he, who he sold us that he was when he first took the job. And it's, 
like even now you kind of see with the whole Kyle Kuzma situation, there have been multiple reports now. I think Mark Stein had the most recent one. And I think it was a Jake Fisher who said it a few weeks ago that rumblings are that Kuzma is not married to like staying in mm-hmm. DC, that he's looking elsewhere. Yet the Wizards view him by Wizards. I mean, probably Shepard view him as a cornerstone. And if it was up to them, they'd probably break the bank for him. They'd break the bank for Porzingis to keep this team that's now 14 and 21 together. You know, and it's like the fans have been saying it for a while. Everyone's been saying it. Uh, um, it's like you just have to, you have to like pick a course. You have to just and just go in. If this is what you want to do, just do it. But like it's, um, and I'm not like the the fact that with the Kuzma thing is also different because. You could say you want him. You could offer him everything he wants. He could still decide, hey, I want to go back to LA. Yeah, Yeah, I want to go back to LA or I want to go to my close to my hometown in Detroit and be kind of a a leader on a team with Jade and Ivy, Cade Cunningham and another top five pick. Or I want to go to Orlando, play with a bunch of young kids over there, be the leader there. That'd be a big ass team. Yeah, or I want to go to, yeah, there's so many options for him um, that Tommy just has to kind of, find the guy who made that first quote and become him. And if it means taking a couple steps back, to take to take multiple steps forward, you have to do it because this is now year four and in year four, it's still not working. And in fact, we're going backwards. I think this is a really good segue. And you brought this up before we started recording. So I want to give you credit for a good idea here. I think this is a perfect time to talk about just sort of like, what does the next couple of weeks look like for them? Especially with the Beal injury you, you have now, Finally, the rest of the team is all together and healthy. And they've said that they weren't going to rush to make any decisions until they could see everyone out there together. And now, I don't know if the hamstring this time is anything like the one last time. You could be without Beal at least for a week or two. Seems pretty likely that they're not going to rush to get their $250 million man back before he's ready. So like, how do you make that determination? Does that kick your window out even longer? Do you risk Kuzma or Porzingis going through a cold streak, particularly? No, Porzingis has been a little cold recently, but not crazy so that he can't still have value. So it's just, how how do you make that determination on what path to actually choose? Yeah, it's also like the Wizards injury issues aren't something that's abnormal. They're not the anomaly in the league. They're kind of like in the middle of the pack, Every team has had players missing. We act I mean, like we're the only team that's ever had an injury, though. Yeah, just like last year, we acted like we were the only team that had COVID issues. Like, yeah. no, no, it was kind of like a global pandemic, you know, yeah. not just <laughs> not just the Washington Wizards pandemic, you know. Yeah. So, like, um, so they're like they always have their built-in excuses. And part of the thing, like, you get the idea, hey, we want to see what we have, but what you have actually also encapsulates or in- encompasses what you look like with injuries because injuries are part of the game. Yeah, so true. you already have 40, well, how many games? Like 35 games sample of what your team looks like because there's no, there's not an expectation or there should not be a realistic expectation that post-trade deadline, you will have everyone healthy yeah, in, this, all like, the time. You, yeah. in this basketball utopia where you have your full rotation and everything. No, that's not reality. Perfect like, world, you have yeah. To, yeah, it's not. that's not how it works. People are going to miss time. Porzingis is going to miss games. Beal is going to miss games. History shows that. Rui's going to miss games. Delon hopefully doesn't miss many more games, but you know, like uh, that's just part of basketball reality now. So their whole idea of let's see what we have for these two weeks, but you know what? Now you're actually going to get a good glimpse because you're never going to have anyone, everyone healthy. You have four weeks of the trade deadline. 
uh, and or five weeks to the trade deadline and you have to make decisions now. So it's like, are they going to have that built-in excuse of deals going to miss two, the next one to three weeks or something like that? Or are they going to be real with themselves and say, this is our team. We're under 500 at the deadline. This is what we should do. Yeah, it's just, I, I look at this and I'm like, this isn't sustainable. Whatever this is, shouldn't be what they want to do. I, I like Kuzma as much as anybody. If you don't think he wants to be here, he kind of has to go at this point. And you just have to decide what he goes for. We've seen that sort of reported deal. I think even Mark Stein talked about this now. So it's got a little more credibility, but the Fournier quickly reddish and firsts for Kuzma and Will Barton deal. I don't know why New York would do that personally, but if it's if I'm the Wizards, I'm only trading Kuzma if I can get a good pick back. I wouldn't settle to trade him just to get two second round picks. Like we'll waste right. a second round pick anyway. That's not that's not worth it to me. But if I can get our first round pick back or somebody else's pick this year, uh, or the Lakers pick in 2027 or 2029, mm-hmm. even when they could by by all accounts be shitty, I, I'm doing that. But I, yeah. I'm not. I'm not panic trading him. Like I would actually rather lose him uh, for air quotes nothing if the trade package was basically nothing. Like two second round picks for us is dog shit. Like you will not yeah. do anything of meaning with that. But in this draft, you shouldn't be able to screw up at the twentieth pick or something. Yeah. So like I think what you're saying, and I think that's there's a lot of negative reactions to the John Collins potential trade, and I, I and I 100% get that. Collins, I think has a better resume prior to this season, but he's having a really bad season. Like he's had like this finger injury and who knows how that's impacted, like how he's shooting. He makes a lot of money. So even in a situation where we get him a straight up trade for him to me would be bad because Kuzma's in the middle of a career year. You're taking on a hundred million of contracts. Um, So yeah, if you get a pick with it, then that maybe swings it a little bit and people, this is what frustrates me more than anything else. When you go get on, have these kind of dialogue, it's like, what are we going to do with a pick anyways? We can't, we can't pick. We're terrible to draft. No, draft picks are not only for the draft itself. They're also trade trade assets. Yeah. So when definitely counts when, if it's a first, like yes. the 48th pick doesn't yeah. get you anywhere. It anyway. doesn't get you anywhere. But when Wizards fans bitch and moan about why couldn't we get DeJounte Murray? Why couldn't we get this guy? It's because we have no picks to trade. Right. So yes, getting picks back that could be used for trades. All right. is like an ideal situation. Now I would avoid the call situation because you're not going to get multiple picks with him. I'm guessing. I agree. Um, but if you could get quickly, who I think has something there as a point guard, like imagine going from where we've been defensively as point guard to going to quickly and Jordan Goodwin and Delon Wright as our point guards. You actually have to play them though. That's the problem. Yeah. You're going to bench them. Monte. Like, right. You'd <laughs> have to, yeah, you'd have to play, <laughs> but like you'd have a quickly, you'd have like a couple first round picks. And the other thing is if you're getting picks from the Knicks, it might be our pick. Which then unlock that's beautiful. Uh, like, that's the biggest which piece. basically takes the handcuffs off and makes all of our picks tradable going forward. And then puts you in the market for the next star that becomes available. Because then you could offer three first with swaps or what have you, you know? Uh, or you like so yeah, so like if you could do it, so the, my my logic behind Kuzma is obviously you trade because if you if you have if you think he's not leaning towards staying. And you really look to either get a point guard or you get picks that can be used for a point guard or Mm -hmm. a star. The only other way they're leaking this from his camp that he wants out is so that they can maybe strong arm them into like grossly overpaying for him. Yeah. Like if you, which is what's going to be, he's not going to stay for less. You're going to have to basically outbid six to seven teams for him. 
So you're looking at a near max probably, which is insane. <laughs> I'll stay if you handshake deal me. We're going to give me $30 million this offseason. Like that's right. that's the only other reason to do that is for the leverage. Uh, on the Collins thing, John Collins of, of the Atlanta Hawks has been a big sort of name bounced around. Spoiler, later this weekend, we'll have an episode out with Kevin Trenard, a writer for Hawks.com, and be talking about just what is Collins? You know, how's he actually been? I've seen a lot of back and forth about how he's this awful defender. I think he's actually kind of underrated defensively, but just we can talk a little bit about how his game actually compares with Kuzma and, and what you're really getting and what he's been like in the locker room and how real rumors are and all that good stuff. So if that interests you all, stay tuned for that. That'll probably come out Saturday or Sunday, something like that. Uh, Oz, anything else we've missed here uh, or, or you want to throw in before we get out of here? Uh, I don't think so, man. Uh, I think we, <laughs> we covered it all. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I, I got nothing else, man. I got, I, I got absolutely nothing else. It is funny. So I went out of the, uh, I went out of town, I pretty much was not able to watch a wizards game for a couple of weeks. Came back in. Sure. So it was refreshing, but like I was telling Matt, it was on one hand refreshing. On the other hand, it's like you come back to the exact same wizard situation and it's like, I was a little refreshed, but I'm also like, man, it's just the same issues. And it's like, let's just like, you know, that's just like one way or another. I just want to have the, the narrative or the, the dialogue on this team change. That's it. Consistently you know? mid baby. We're uh, we're, we, that's the lane we've picked. Yeah. And it is like, you know, even like when, when the kind of the reports are like, no, we can't trade this. We can't trade that. It's like even wizards fans to some degree want to just hold on. So to some degree, they, yes, they. You have a lot uh, a contingent of fans who are like, no, we need to pick a direction. We need to go all in or that. But then you have some who just like, like want have guys that they like and just want to hold on to this. And it's like, what is this? Do you really enjoy this? I have one resolution for fans. On that note, when you come up with something via trade machine, sleep on it. Just let it sit for one night, and then ask yourself the next morning, why would the other team do this before you post it on the internet? That's all. Yep. Uh, Oz, That's thanks again. Uh, appreciate your time. Welcome back. Hopefully we'll see some, uh, I don't know, some kind of change here in the next couple of weeks. If not, we'll just more of the same of what we've been used to for two decades. Uh, you know, at least, at least we're mentally prepared to take it. DC fans yep. are the toughest fans in sports. I'm convinced. I hope everybody had a great holiday season so far. Their new year gets off to a great start. This has been Believe in Wizards. Rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Tell a friend. Uh, help us spread the word about the show here. And with that, you know, we are presented by betonline.ag, and we'll catch you all next time. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.